Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Pamela talking about our one cool gal, rebel gal. Yeah. Rebels. <laughs> Bonnie already talked about Cho Jean. Pam talked about the Women's Battalion of Death. And Leah talked about Coretta Scott King. But before I introduce you to my one cool rebel gal, I'd like to get to know something random about our gal pals. So I want to bring up, we just talked about in Leah's episode, um, songs and their place in different movements. Um, and I want to talk about the Beatles who sang. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know we all want to change the world. And I, I think that's true. Like there's something we all would like there to be different and it's so individualized. So I want to know um, from you guys is, do you want to change the world and what would you change? Bonnie wants to go ahead and freaking already pass the freaking Equal Rights Amendment. Come yes. on. For Bonnie y'all, let's pass the ERA. Right. <laughs> done come on there you go see bonnie's disappointed in y'all <laughs> passing that era <laughs> um i'm kind of right there with you um uh, i think the really big change that i want is i want to see more women in charge just like yeah. across you know industry and i know we're getting there it just feels so freaking slow but when we see more women in charge, more women gatekeepers. I mean, a lot of the gates are even down now too, but you know what I mean? More women gatekeepers. We see how companies change, how the priorities shift. Um, it's just, we see on so many different levels when women are in charge, the economic equality and the care for the environment. And I don't know, multitasking. It's like, we have this ability. <laughs> um, and I just, I love to see women in charge because it, it, it creates a more inclusive, um, atmosphere. I'm a film geek. And so I see it when studio heads are women of the choices of films they make. I see in casting and in crew when women are the director of a film versus another. You know, like I see it in the little things that I geek out about. <laughs> and if it could just be more widespread of women in charge, that's, that's the revolution I want to see. <laughs> and I guess mine plays into that. Because, I mean, obviously the long-term goal is I'd like us to reach the point where we don't even have to count because it's so ubiquitous that women yes. and minorities are in positions of authority and you mm -hmm. don't even notice anymore. But yes. in the path to that, I'd really like history to not be his story. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, over and over, when I go out and talk about this, I, there's I mean, the women are all like, <laughs> but there's inevitably some guy who is just irate, not about the story, but that he's never heard them. Right. It's somebody who's saying, I've read history all my life. Why don't I know these stories? And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we know why you don't know these stories. <laughs> and I'd like it to be to the point where, I, where, where we do know those stories. Because yes. It also feeds into 
all the other points of equality. Yeah. Because if we can see it, we can be it. And if we know that other women throughout history were there and they were doing it and they were doing it against obstacles that we can't even fathom because those obstacles don't even exist right now. (laughs) And they did it over that. Mm-hmm. we can do it now <laughs> so yeah i'm right there with you sister yes katie what do you got <laughs> i don't know if i have anything to add i just want to take all of your answers and put them into being yes it's 2021 exactly katie will just make it Hi. so mm-hmm. <laughs> yes I, <got> this. <laughs> I mean love it kind of leading into my lady speaking of um lots of different people joining in and supporting and being inspired by this rebel um i think she had that so the this is just a crazy fact that stuck out to me about her um she is um from the united states and she has had i'm I'm kind of making you guys do a guessing game right we're we're guessing yeah Yeah. exactly yeah so we have our thinking faces on so this lady, this gal, has had a song written about her by the Rolling Stones and a song written about her by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Oh. Crap. <laughs> Why did Angie, like Rolling Stones Angie, I don't think that's actually, no, not Angie. I will tell you the Rolling Stones song was called Sweet Black Angel. <gasps> yes. Do you know? Do you know? Is it Angela Davis? It is. Oh, yes. You, you oh. win all the gold stars. Sorry, yes. freaking love Angela Davis. Yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like I should turn it over to you to give no. this talk. No, actually, I, I love her, but I haven't studied her. So no, no, please enlighten me. <laughs> I just, I'm in deep Schmidt. I'm in deep Schmidt. <laughs> it's, it's only going to expand. Um, so, and of course, the John Lennon and Yoko Ono song was Angela. Oh, Okay. And both songs were written while she was in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in prison for over a year um, in New York. Um, and there was just this um, movement to free her mm-hmm. that went even beyond the United States. There were over 200 communities in the United States. And I have it in my notes. Yeah. And 67 foreign countries that were also actively pushing for her to be freed from jail. Wow. Yes. Sweet. Cause she's right. not a, she's not a, she's a complex gal. <laughs> she's a very complex gal. It's right? hard to love on paper for some people. <laughs> so that's amazing. Is. Isn't it? To know that there was that much support at that time. Yeah. And I won't say she's always had that much support throughout her career um, in her history. Um, that was definitely kind of a, a high point. Um, but I'm going to back it up a little bit and just talk about kind of her origin story who she is. Um, It's super cool that I am going last in our podcasting, which means that I'm going to air on January 25th. And the very next day on January 26th, Angela Y. Davis turns 77 years old. Ooh, look at that. 77 years young. Love it. (laughs) He is still with us and still super relevant. In fact, when I started to research her, um, I saw that people are seeking her opinion on Black Life Matters mm-hmm. and where we are now with prison reform. Mm-hmm. Um, she was part of the, thir- the amazing documentary 13 mm-hmm. on, you can watch on Netflix. Um, so she's still a very relevant rebel figure yeah. for us here in the United States and, and abroad. Um, but she was born in Birmingham, Alabama. 
You guys all know who how nice that was in the 1940s and 50s. <laughs> um, he was actually born in a pretty middle-class family, um, but it was really interesting to me to know that um, she still so deeply experienced racism. She wasn't insulated by her family's wealth. Um, she lived in a part of Birmingham that they called Dynamite Hill. Oh, wow. And they called it that because um, more affluent Black families were moving there and they were having their homes bombed just to discourage them from moving into the middle-class white neighborhoods of Birmingham. Of course, but ow. Right. So when you think about her and her political activism and her activism in the civil rights, her membership to the Black Panthers, um, you might really think that that inspired um, her involvement, and I'm sure it did, of course. Um, her family was also very political. Um, they had ties with communism um, and political ties and different activist groups. Um, but really, when you see um, speeches she's given, she credits her involvement in the Girl Scouts is what made her want to be a revolutionary. I know, I right? That. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, she is so one she like, fierce bitch. I'm just saying. And she loves the Girl Scout. <laughs> yes. Okay, she I love said, that. <laughs> she, like, really had to, like, think back on it and, like, you know, when did this spark to be a revolutionary yeah. start within me? And she said it was when she marched and picketed against segregations in, within the Girl Scout organization. Like, That's she did awesome. that as a Girl Scout. That's very cool. <laughs> Isn't that so sweet? I know, right? Go Girl Scouts. <laughs> yes! We're designing a badge for them. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so she's also a fiercely intelligent woman. Just oh, yeah. like, um, I have this book. Nice. Yes. Um, and this is Voices of Resistance, right? And I read um, one of her letters she wrote during the time she was in jail. And I have to say, like, I might have to read it three or four times. Gotcha. Before I think I fully comprehend it. She is just a highly intelligent woman. Mm -hmm. She really is. Um, so during her uh, adolescence, um, she did well in school. She earned a scholarship to go to school in um, Massachusetts. Really? A northern college. Because that's where Coretta went. Well, Coretta went to Boston, Massachusetts. So Boston. Let me see. I know I wrote it down, but my notes, of course, you know, the pages you're talking about. You made it. Um, I know. My kingdom for the page I need. <laughs> you know what? I just wrote Massachusetts. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> um, the thing I found noteworthy when I was reading about that was that she was only one of three Black students at the college she attended. I mean, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, uh, yeah. The other one was Coretta Scott King. The other one was Coretta Scott King, yeah. <laughs> Um, and the other one was Martin Luther King Jr. They're <laughs> <laughs> all hanging out. Boom. Um, no, but she went to school um, in the northern United States um, to major, major, major in French. Oh, okay. Would you have thought that? No. Like, the, like, rebel, like image of her, she went majored in French. She wanted to viva la revolution. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Um, but she was motivated to like, um, see abroad and she worked second jobs to save up and go abroad and study. Um, and also while she was doing her French studies, um, she met Herbert Marcuse, who was a philosopher, I think from Germany. Gotcha. Um, cause he came from like the university of Frankfurt or something like that, but he was, um, 
there in Massachusetts during her time there. And he was, she was really inspired by his teachings and philosophy. Nice. So it was through him that she realized that she wanted to learn about philosophy versus French. So she did um, graduate with her degree in um, the French language, but then went on to pursue her master's in philosophy. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. And she did that in Germany. Um, she lived there for two years working on um, her master's degree. It was during that time um, that the bombing in 1963 at the Birmingham church happened. Mm, the four um, little girls. The four little girls, yes. Mm. And she knew them. Oh, God, um, which yeah. Which is cool with them. them, her friends, or her sisters were friends with them. Mm. Um, so that writ really close to home. So that really sparked her interest in um, the civil rights movement even further. Yeah. Um, so she kind of has lots of layers. The civil rights layer, I think, is the one that people embrace. Um, but at the same time, while she's abroad and she's in Germany, um, she's learning about communism and socialism. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the part of her philosophy and education and political leanings that get her um, on people's less than favorite list. There you go. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> list. In fact, you were talking about hating on Reagan and I have a little, mm -hmm. a little part of that coming up too. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to remind the people. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, so she's abroad and she's embracing communism. Um, so you're going to be shocked to know that she drew the FBI's interest. No. <laughs> Weird, right? I mean, the FBI wasn't doing much at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So she, she finished her studies abroad. Um, and in 1963, she started working as an assistant professor at UCLA. Oh, hey. So first the school job, I didn't finish. Yay! Right? <laughs> right. First job, um, getting in there, teaching philosophy, being awesome. Um, but guess who was the governor of California at the time? Oh, that was Reagan. That was our dear friend, Ronald Reagan. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Ronald Reagan um, suggested that perhaps UCLA should part ways with all of its faculty with communist leanings. Oh, yeah, he had a real thing against communists. <laughs> real oh, thing, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. So less than a year into her first um, job as a professor, um, she was fired for nice. her political ideals. Um, yeah. But then, you know, she was like, mm -mm. nope, not going to happen. Um, and she, I don't know how much, it was like a combination. I know that she stood up for herself. That's just mm. who she is. Um, but also, like, uh, it was kind of in the works already saying, hey, we can't discriminate in employment like this. It was, you know, on lawyers and mm -hmm. activist radars. So um, they overturned it, and UCLA had to have her back. And then okay. they promptly fired her again for inflammatory language. Okay. <laughs> Which is the way I would go down. But yes. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yes. Um, so she, she was no longer teaching at UCLA and around that same time, it turned to be 1970s. Um, and that was the time that she was supporting the Soldad Brothers. Okay. Um, you guys, the, um, it was a prison, kind of a riot, right? The prisoners um, united together to demand better treatment and um, kind of a bit of a prisoner uprising. Gotcha. And unfortunately, a guard was killed during this uprising. Oh, yeah. The violence of the uprising. 
Um, so then four individuals who were part of that were, um, I believe, on death row because of this. Oh, gotcha. And so it was a real political um, movement to try to maybe not free them, but at least have them not be on death row. For, right, justice. For what happened. Like, yeah. that was not a just punishment. It was not, that's not the way it went down. I have to say, I'm no expert in all of this next business that went down. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I feel like in some ways, um, it's very much like the critical moment of her story. Gotcha. <laughs> continue on in a beautiful way but right. it kind of has to be i think a critical moment of your own narrative when you end up on the fbi's most wanted list but of course yes it could be it could be right <laughs> um so uh while all of these uh repeals were being heard in the courts um the a brother of one of the men that were on in trouble for this uh broke into the courtroom armed oh um and took kidnapped um the men that were part of this and the judge i'm sure that went over well so, <laughs> you know wow no <laughs> um actually sadly four people ended up dying um but here's the part i'm a little sketchy on from what i've been reading i am not sure that it was this individual who was armed in the courtroom and kidnapped that killed people i think it might have been police officers on the scene oh like gotcha fallout from all of this um and, and it's easier to blame people, yeah <laughs> and three of the four people killed were criminals oh but the judge was also killed oh okay so i i don't know you know you out there in the internet needs, world needs more research and discovery and possibly a really quality documentary <laughs> mm-hmm. gotcha and i i heard there should be a biopic coming out about angela davis soon They've so maybe been that'll shed wanting to do one, so I hope so. Right. I hope so, too. Yes. Because um, I have to say, when I was researching her, kind of like the information I was finding about her, her timeline was a little difficult for me. Yeah. Like, she's in Germany, she's in Helsinki at something like that, and then she's like... So, um, but this happened in 1970, um, and the reason she was involved in this is the guns that the individual used in the courthouse were registered to her. So oh. the state of California decided to charge her for um, manslaughter and various other charges. Right. Um, and so knowing that this was coming and getting word of this, um, she actually um, took off. Oh, she fled? Capture. Oh. She fled. Where did she, she flee to? I think just various friends around the country and made it all the way from California to New York. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Sweet. I didn't know and if she left the country or not. No, that probably might have been a better. Well, it all. No, not out so much. Okay. No, so it probably would have been like, yeah, would have been another charge anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, when Hoover put her on the FBI's ten most wanted list, um, she was the third woman to ever have been put on the list out of three hundred and nine people. I mean, third woman to make it onto the list. <laughs> There's nobody else. <laughs> like, she's in the top ten? Who yeah, really she's like in the top her? ten for that. <laughs> you yeah. think maybe Ronald Reagan and Nixon kind of like um, 
wanting to end a political movement, perhaps. She was a well-spoken, was... well-educated black woman that people listened to. <laughs> she was the uh, enemy number one. <laughs> and she was heavily um, outspoken at that time, too, about prison reform and prison ab- abolition. Ab- abolition. Yes. There you uh, but yeah, so she was not on either of their Christmas card lists. <laughs> Would have been um, in fact, when she was captured, um, Nixon, who was president at the time, um, came on a broadcast or, you know, gave us gave a statement um, thanking the FBI for their good work in the capture of the dangerous terrorist Angela Davis. So dangerous. She has ideas. <laughs> right. Called okay. her a dangerous terrorist, right? Mm-hmm. So. And this kind of brings me back around to a bit where I started, where here she is in prison um, for over a year, uh, fighting these charges, um, going through the legal hoops um, to get her case a fair trial, and having the support of so much of the United States and 67 foreign countries. Yeah. um, People writing songs about her. And I mentioned those too, but there were actually more. So she was definitely like... um, the rebel uh, figure of this movement, this political movement um, to, you know, just imagine everything Nixon and Reagan embraced and they were the opposite of that. See, it means in the show notes, I can put a lot more music videos. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A playlist inspired by Angela Davis. (laughs) Well, I will tell you one thing you have to put in the show notes. And, um, that is a link to the image of her walking into the courtroom when she was having her case heard because that yeah. is an entire movie. Sweet. I was looking at different YouTube, a little like mini um, biographies about her. Mm-hmm. And there was a great one um, narrated by a guy who was talking about how she marched into the courtroom with her natural hair. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how like, you know, any other black lady go into court probably would have pressed their hair you know, once again, like conforming to our expectations, right. presenting yourself nice. But she walked in with this giant afro, this giant book, ready to defend herself against these charges. Um, mm-hmm. And so she, her case was heard, and an all-white jury returned the verdict of not guilty on all counts. And she was Ooh, freed nice. from prison. I'm yeah. sure that was rare. <laughs> but super, super smart individual for sure wow so um and when she got out of prison nothing changed she continued um to mix her uh her collegiate scholastic life with her activism um so she sought out other professorships um she worked at other colleges i think she was at claremont for a while she eventually found her way back to california Mm -hmm. um and i think she might have done another stint at ucla after oh, all of that. Look at that. Even, did she still continue to use inflammatory language? Oh yeah. I hope so. <laughs> you, you can count on it. If you've watched any of her videos, yeah, mm. she's not backing down. <laughs> it's really, really interesting, especially with where we are today. Um, a lot of people I think she won an award from the for humanitarian efforts at some point, and then they tried to revoke it for her. Yeah. Um, because she's kind of a figurehead of violence to some degree. People see her that way with the Black Panthers and the guns and being on the run. And you can see a really interesting interview with her on YouTube, talking basically saying, "How ignorant are you to ask me this question about violence in protests? Because do you understand where I come from?" 
right. where people like me come from. You know, in my neighborhood growing up, I heard the bombings of neighbors' houses. Mm -hmm. So you ask me about violence. It's not out of the question to defend oneself <laughs> uh, and to have protection. I mean, did she push it a little bit? Yeah. Did it need pushing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a very strong woman. But um, so another thing I thought that was extremely interesting about her, um, maybe I should have done this in my teaser, is that she actually has run for vice presidency before. Really? Twice. Right? Yes, on the communist ticket. So, in 19, so that went over well. In 1984, <laughs> she ran as the Communist Party of the USA's vice presidential candidate. Who was on the ticket as the president? Do you know? Um, I can always I look can it up and put think. it later in show notes, but I'm just wondering, what is that ticket? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but she was, because she was basically the head of the Communist Party. And, um, She's long said that she feels like socialism is the only way that there will be um, equality. Right. So Balancing of this. Definitely... She's very anti-capitalism and yeah, very yeah. much so, which is something I've been meaning to dig more into. I have not. <laughs> Cannot yeah, say I'm, I'm educated right on the subject. <laughs> We have some books we can loan you. Yes, exactly. You know, I think the, the library even has some books too. And I'm like, I haven't gotten to it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but she's gone on to be just the strong figure and the strong advocate. She's written over um, 20 different books mm -hmm. on feminism, on um, race. prison system, yep. on race. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, so there's so much for by her out there. There's numerous YouTube interviews with her. Mm -hmm. um even recent things giving her opinion on you know our political state right now so mm -hmm. if you're interested in her i will say i watched one about her that was really interesting kind of borderline uncomfortable um where she was talking about feminism and kind of a bourgeoisie feminism oh, and about gotcha. how when women use the the phrase breaking the glass ceiling mm -hmm. that's a very specific kind of feminism because so many women are not even close to the glass ceiling. Yeah. No, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Right. Right. It's that. super interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So and that was my one cool thing important. that definitely got me like sparking and thinking. Um, Look at that. Thinking, feel free Katie's going to start me. She's going to have a black beret on next, I think. And <laughs> no, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> She's getting all Black Panther on. <laughs> 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 I like it. Yeah, I'm glad you picked Angela Davis. Now I feel like I've got at least a little bit more dangerous knowledge um, of a very complicated but interesting lady who I is so damn smart. <laughs> Absolutely. I know there is a filter on Zoom that you can put a beret on. I should have done it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Oh my gosh. Just for the people who are still on the video. Let's see. Virtual filter. But is it black or is it raspberry? I think there's both. There's yes. Oh no. It's just raspberry. Oh no. No, there's a black one. Is there? Oh, there it is. I had to go back. Oh, yes. See, I mean the, you know, the, the raspberry beret is the type that you buy in a secondhand store. <laughs> Look at that. Emma and I are totally, we're rocking the Blackberries. 
I love it. Power to the people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that wraps it up for Rebel Gal Month. Stay tuned next Monday because we're going to celebrate Black History Month by shedding a spotlight on women in STEM. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Galsguide patron today. Thanks for listening.